Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Ryan Kiskis. He's the director of startup ecosystem at Google Cloud. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, it is great to be here. Great to chat with you and uh, great to chat with all your listeners as well. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think majority of people or a lot of people at least use Google Cloud or at least probably Google many times throughout the day, but maybe before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure. Uh, I mean, the answer is, is mostly the Bay Area. Um, I, was, I was actually born abroad. Um, my, my parents were expats. I was born in the Netherlands, but I, I came back when I was two. I don't really remember it that well. And we, we bounced around a little, um, you know, growing up. I, I spent some time in Canada. I spent some time in Texas. Um, but the Bay Area was always home base. It was always where we came back to, and you know, a couple different, couple different places around here. But um, you know, I like to call it home. It's it's a it's a place that I love, and happy to be happy to be based here right now. Yeah, it's a beautiful area. So you went to university. What did you take, and why? I studied uh, mechanical and aerospace engineering. Um, okay. I, I studied, um, you know, aero aero in particular at the time because it, <laughs> it honestly seemed like the hardest thing to do. Uh, okay. It had some of the most it had some of the most advanced mathematics around you know fluid dynamics, um, you know control systems, and it was also very interdisciplinary across other engineering areas. Um, and you know I knew I, mean, I had you know strength in, in STEM in general kind of growing up, and I, I wanted to double down on that. I wanted to know I had the best sort of grounding and able to be able to work in a in a very quantitative fashion um, as and when needed. Um, I will say uh, Arrow, I think all, they also had the coolest toys. Um, I remember sure. just pulling up a, a model jet engine in a, in, a, in a box in the lab and like dumping fuel in the afterburner and seeing this big like jet of flame <laughs> come out the back and, you know, wind tunnel dynamics of race cars. And, um, but, um, you know, I, I also, even at that point, I, you know, I had a, I had a real fondness for startups. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, Princeton had a, the fortune enough to have a, um, you know, an very entrepreneurial course track. Um, we had a great professor named, named Ed Shao who had, you know, he'd been an entrepreneur himself. And um, this was back in, in 2000, um, 2001, 2002. Okay. And, and he brought a ton of his just hands-on experience to, to his students. And that was, that was just a fantastic um, opportunity. Um, and I think it, um, you know, I also wanted that exposure to, to technology beyond like, say like the core like mechanical aerospace engineering um you know at that point a lot of it was around software development you know i'm not a not a software developer i never did that as a practice i do not have the uh, the depth and skill set of the the folks that i've worked with and been on my teams like they're they're wizards in being able to to build things rapidly but i wanted that exposure i wanted to understand it um you know my um my senior thesis was building a um a control system for a mock satellite formation um, sort of simulated with hovercraft and so um it you know at least have some of the i want to have some of the grounding there um i did i did take a, a perhaps not uh unusual very probably well-trodden path to then go and study business um uh at stanford after so i got me back out here to the bay area which is which is something i was looking for and and really be able to go deeper um, around startups okay very cool so walk us through that your career up until kind of Google Cloud, and then let's dive into that. So, you know, just being again back in the Bay Area around Stanford, you just, you're just infused with this the overall startup ecosystem. And um, you know, I knew I wanted to get um, involved around that. Um, I actually started um, I, I I started working with the the first startup I was engaged at when I was still studying, still doing my MBA. Um, I worked there part time um, for my first year. Uh, through the summer and then through the second year as well. Uh, it was a company called Xfire. Um, it was around gaming. Um, we built one of the first uh, like social networks around video games, actually. So you know, back in, in 2004, 2005, none of the 
Xbox Live and sure. you know, Steam. None of this stuff really, none of it existed. Um, and uh, and so we were kind of building that first that first platform to allow you to, to connect with your friends and socialize across games. Um, and um, that was a ton of fun. I mean, a lot of people play video games growing up, but it was kind of a dream to be able to come in like, hey, I can I can do this as my job, right? I can actually like totally. get engaged around <laughs> something that that um, you know I feel passionate about. Um, I, I led the um, the product and, and business development teams. It was super small. I joined in there about probably like thirteen people. Um, the company uh, Xfire grew very rapidly. We ended up being acquired by MTV um, in two thousand six. Um, I think it was one of the largest gaming ac gaming related acquisitions at the time. Um, and so it was just a. It was you know this was. See this theme come out actually sort of you know post dot com bust. It was one of the you know I think some of the poster childs of, of sort of success of coming out of that and and really trying to say all right how do we take some of the learnings from what startups have been doing and and really go from there. Um, after Xfire, um, I jumped over to Venrock uh, for a short period of time. I, I knew I wanted to learn a little bit more on the venture side and, and how VC firms operated. Um, spent, you know, not honestly, not that much time at Venrock. So I was sourcing some investments around, around gaming for them. They had an uh, almost an incubator type um, model at the time called called the Quarry, um, which okay. is helping prototype and innovate um, new new startup ideas. And, um, you know, we had an investment thesis that we just couldn't find the right company for. And I, I knew I kind of wanted to walk in those shoes myself to be able to say, hey, I've, I, I know a little bit more at least about what it takes to actually start something from scratch. And so um, ended up starting a business um, out of the quarry uh, called called Martini Media, which was, uh, again, one of the first, um, it was the first uh, ad network and online property really targeting high net worth individuals online. This was a, a space that just no one had really dug into. There weren't, there weren't metrics around it. It was very difficult to target, very difficult to build content. Um, and so uh, stood that up and, and ran that company for about, about two and a half years, um, yeah. I knew nothing about online ad sales. Um, that was a that was a trial by fire learning along the way, and um, you know eventually had to uh, to bring in uh, you know a CEO who really knew this. We hired an industry veteran expert um, who who took that on, and um, you know Martini went along. Eventually acquired many many years later. Um, it was a decent decent exit for everyone, but it was definitely a, a learning experience um, along the way for me. Um, I spent. Um, Jumped into two more, two different startups. So I moved over to London at the time. Um, I wanted to, to get a bit of exposure externally, uh, internationally as well. Um, worked with a company called Basekit, uh, led their product team. Um, Basekit did web development software effectively for for small businesses. Um, you know, in sort of Squarespace, you know, Wix uh, type of form. Um, they actually continue to, to to crank along, and um, that was a that was a chance to. A lot of our distribution was through partnerships with larger large organizations, right? And they could be some of the tech companies, right? talking to Google, talked to Amazon at that time, um, you know, worked with just, uh, hosting providers, GoDaddy, one-on-one, that sort of thing. So a uh, bunch of time trying to figure out how we can better partner as a small company, as a startup um, to, uh, to be successful. Um, made another leap to a company called Causata, which was an, an enterprise AI and ML based recommendation engine. So use AI and ML to make recommendations for next best action for your customers. Um, so if you're on a, on a call with a customer and you know, they're asking about their uh, account balance or you know, scheduling their service interval, what, can, what recommendation can you give your, your, um, your call center rep about you know, what they might wanna close the call with? Is there an, is there an upsell offer? Is there um, you know, a customer concern we should address? And so, um, yeah. uh, interesting space there um i joined they were, they were acquired about six months later so i didn't have a lot of a lot of time to, to to spend there and um uh that was the point when i i went over to, to aws um so this is about um 2012 at this point um and you know aws was really just starting to lay the groundwork of you know how to engage more systematically with the the, the vc and startup ecosystem um so there were just a handful of us on the team when I joined, and I spent the next about seven and a half years actually with AWS, um, really trying to think about how to help startups be more successful. I mean, that was that was the goal of the team. I mean, you know, so you wanted them to to make a selection of a particular cloud platform, but really it was there to to help them be successful. And if they are successful, they will be better customers for us in in the long run as well. Sure. Okay. Very cool. 
So what made you come to Google and what exactly is your role? And, and then let's dive into what exactly Google Cloud is. Yeah. So, you know, from, from the AWS side, I mean, I've seen really rapid development of, of Google Cloud. Um, you know, when, when, when I joined, it was very, uh, when I joined AWS, it was very early, um, you know, sort of in the, the, the cloud lifecycle. And I think at that point, you're doing a lot of, I see a lot of battling of just why, why, why would you use the cloud instead of building your own data centers? Um, and, you know, I think, um, you know, I joined Google Cloud, you know, not, not quite two years ago um, in, in 2020 uh, during the pandemic, which was, which was interesting and fun. Um, but I've been seeing that growth and seeing that development. I've seen how rapidly that the, the overall platform had been evolving. And I've been seeing a, a perception change in, in, in our customers. Um, I saw a lot of enthusiasm on the Google side as well to do more for startups and, and really try and think about things in a new way. Um, you know, when, when Thomas Curian, our, our current CEO came into Google Cloud, I think you saw him and folks are maybe watching, watching the company, watching the space. You saw him really trying to take a, a pretty critical eye to everything that, that we had been doing and really trying to really build it in the, in the best way possible. Um, and, you know, I saw this as an opportunity to, to take that learning, to take that, seven years of trying to help startups grow, trying to figure out how to make them successful, take the best of what we knew worked, uh, what I knew worked, um, but also take a bunch of new learnings, new ideas, new, new concepts that I thought that there was the enthusiasm, the appetite over here to, to be able to try. Um, you know, I, I think any um, organization, you know, you do, you do something long enough, um, you develop a lot of inertia around it, and especially when when teams are you know are, are very stable. And the AWS you know startup engagement was very stable for for a number of years. Um, I think there becomes a downside when things perhaps remain a little bit too stable. Um, and you know it's easy to take a, a, a critical comment to say, well, we we tried that five years ago and it didn't work, um, so we're so we're not going to do it now. Um, you know I think there's there was an opportunity to to really try and innovate um, how to help startups along the way. Um, it kept me engaged around startups. I will say, I didn't. I when I went into AWS, I did not expect. I didn't think I'd be here almost a decade later, still working at you know in cloud, helping startups be successful. But I've just found it really enjoyable. Like it, it's it's something that keeps me close to that space, keeps me close to founders, close to entrepreneurs, close to VCs, um, and, and helping that ecosystem overall um, really try and grow. Um, very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. How does Google Cloud help startups? So we're really oriented toward trying to understand how to start support startups throughout their entire journey. And I think that's one of the things that has really been shifting a, a little bit more recently. How do you think more holistically about that overall startup journey? I mean, you know, and, and you probably know this as, as, as much as anyone, you know, the average time for a company from, from founding through to, you know, whatever exit, right? You know, an IPO, an acquisition, um, you know, it's been, it's been growing and growing. It's been trending up for, you know, the entire time I've been doing this. I think I was looking, it's about six and a half years now from sort of founding to exit. And that's a long time. And those teams, you know, yes, there's absolutely going to be growth and evolution on those teams, but those, you know, hopefully your founder is going to be successful. Those teams are going to be stable. There's an opportunity to really try and build relationships with customers from that point of inception really early on and do something that spans across that period. Really try and be a, a partner for them um, in that overall journey. Um, and so if you look, if you look at the ecosystem right now, um, you know, trying to support and engage with startups, this is this is not unique. This is a this is a well understood, honestly, maybe a critical path for for many technology companies. Both, you know, the major cloud platforms do it, but you'll see there are a huge number of our customers um, that may be building their own. B2B enterprise software, building their own uh, startup teams to engage with the ecosystem as well. Um, but you you do tend to look at that and a lot of the support for, for startups is, tends to be a little bit one size fits all. Um, and it's often targeted influencing at, you know, one point in the journey, at the very start of the journey. And, that, and that's a critical point, right? You know, we, we see that um, startups will make a, a lot of selection of whether it's their cloud platform, their CRM, the various tools they're using, and those can change, but they also tend to be sticky. Um, right. You know, it, it's 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 an overhead to to make a change. There was an article I read. Um, 
many years ago now at this point when um, you know Facebook had been making a, a significant infrastructure change for the business and the whole like aspiration uh, like the, the the success metric was our customers had no idea it was completely invisible to them right it was completely seamless and like fantastic thumbs up but if you're talking about something that actually as a startup like meaningfully changing the the trajectory of your business doing something your customers have no idea about is <laughs> is challenging it's challenging to put your engineers on that and so there has to be a really strong reason to do it. Um, and so, you know, those, those, those decisions get made um, early and, um, uh, you know, they, they can be difficult to influence down the line. And so, you know, while we want to be there, we want to make sure we can engage with startups incredibly early. We want to understand that we want to make sure we've got things that can help them along that overall journey and, and describe to them, how are we here to actually help support you through what's hopefully going to be a lot of growth and a lot of changes, a lot of shifts and turns for you as a business um you know to, to to peel that back a little bit more um you know we we actually just just launched a new offering for bootstrap startups you know financial support credits um you know from the ideally as much of the point of inception as possible so you know be available to help support our customers when they are just really at the point where like i am i have an inkling i want to do this i'm ready to get started you know how can you help um you know, credits, financial support matter, but we're also really trying to leverage a lot of the great work that, that Google overall does, right? I mean, we've obviously been talking a lot about Google Cloud. I sit within Google Cloud. We are a you know, very uh, independently operating a part of the overall Alphabet organization, um, but there's a lot we can draw. There's a lot of passion and enthusiasm for startups in the overall Google organization. And, and so one of the things we're really trying to, to, to build on is um, uh, working with the the overall Google for Startups team, which is a, a broad, you know, alphabet-wide uh, organization. Uh, they had an initiative uh, called Startup School, um, really providing a lot of education for startups, in particular new founders, um, how to build a business overall, right? You know, how to think about, you know, acquiring your first customers, how to think about setting OKRs, um, how to think about talent development, how to think about design. Um, and, you know, they were doing some stuff around cloud, but we we're starting to really go much deeper with them. How do we build a, like an actual rigorous like cloud education curriculum into that startup school um, uh, program? Um, you know, we want that sort of thing to be available to folks who are just getting started, you know, and just starting to think about making some of these decisions. Um, you know, as they, as they grow, as they progress, you know, they, they secure funding, they join an accelerator, join an incubator. There's, some diligence going on that, hey, they're, they're really onto something that, you know, our, our team is just, you know, we're, we're too small to talk to every startup in the world. There's a great ecosystem out there of partners making very smart investment decisions that we can, we can work with. Um, you know, we'll bring them in the next stage of the program, our Google for Startups Cloud program, the core one provides financial support for them uh, over two years. So it's a two year program of, of credits that we provide. Um, and that was something we felt really strongly about, you know, this, you look in the ecosystem a lot of it's here's a here's a big slug of credits all at once and you know if, if you if you don't need it right now kind of sorry it you know it is it is what it is and so really trying to say like well we know it we know it takes longer we know it takes longer. you may want to try things you may want to experiment with a couple of different architectures you may want to try some different products different ways to do things let's give you some of the the runway uh to go and do that um and and then beyond like say like you know financial credits uh you know support education along the way we really want to make sure there are people um you know behind behind the scenes on the team here to 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 make you as the startup use this um, customer be successful um we've we've stood up a, a new startup success team entire team dedicated to look what do startups go through uh you know what does their journey look like um we just did a, a great uh, a great you know working session with that team you know bring the bring them all into, into one place and Putting together a crucible about four days of essentially like a, a you know a business plan competition. Put together a premise for a business, write the business plan, put together the initial architecture, understand a little bit more what it might take to you know, what those founders are going through, be able to to talk to them, um, you know, and what they're experiencing. And that team is versed on cloud, versed on Google overall, versed on the offerings we have, and versed on the typical challenges that our customers might face. And everyone who joins our program gets connected into that team. Uh, to be able to help them uh, along their way. Okay, very cool. So can you maybe give a little bit more concrete examples? And and what I mean by that is, so I have like say an Appkin idea um, and I reach out to somebody like yourself or other people on the team. Yep. 
how like and you mentioned these credits so like what types of credits can i get do i have to use one of the google development languages like flutter or like integrate with firebase or like do i have to be already using google products or at least all of them or some of them or or, or can you maybe give us a, an yeah. example of you know what i'm getting at totally totally yeah um it's it's very straightforward to get started right you know we have a cloud.google.com slash startup. There's an you know, application form on there, fill out your info, give us some info about your startup, and you're going to be connected into our team. So this is a starting point right there. Awesome. When you're just getting started, um, you know, let, let's say you've got the napkin idea, you've got a concept. I, I really, I, I think there's something here. Um, you're very likely going to be joining our, our, our bootstrapped offering and an early pre-funded offering. Um, you're going to get $2,000 in credits. Uh, that are valid over two years. You got two years to work with that, two years to experiment around. Um, and you can use those across you know, any of the, the Google Cloud products that we have. Um, I mean, you mentioned Flutter. Flutter is an incredibly popular uh, you know, development framework for that we see a lot of startups using. Firebase is incredibly common. It's just <laughs> very easy, out of the box, straightforward framework to, to get started. But you don't have to, right? I mean, if you want to, uh, you know, I am, I want to go pure, pure serverless, pure code, right? I just want to write, I want to write script and I don't want to even think about infrastructure. Um, you get up and running with cloud run and then just drop functions onto the cloud. We will, you will give us some parameters of how you want that to operate. We'll take care of spooling up the infrastructure. Um, if you're at the other extreme and I just want, I just want bare instances effectively, right? I, I want to be able to just control my entire environment. I just want a certain amount of compute power, you know, in the you know, in the underlying compute engine, that is absolutely an option as well. And you can you can stand up whatever you like. Um, you know, I, I will see. I will say that um, you know, obviously, you know, coming from a, a a decade working with cloud, I think there's a there's a tension there, right? You see a lot of the best developers, the best engineers, they want that control, they want that ability to to set up things exactly as they want. Um, and there's a huge amount of value in that, actually, particularly in trying to optimize um, and, and really get honed down. But you also you also have to think about just the amount of time uh, that it takes to, to do that and the time to manage that, time to overhead uh, overhead to do that, the time to you know run your own updates, keep patches up to date, uh, make sure your systems are um, you know continuing to integrate properly with other, you know, potentially a variety of other tools you might be using or other um, uh, you know, services you might be interacting with outside of, of your particular environment. Um, there is a lot of value in, in taking a close look at where are their managed services, uh, whether it's on the database side, uh, whether it's DK from, you know, containerization, container environment management, that you might be able to take advantage of that will save you time and, and keep you focused on building the things that actually matter to your customers and actually matter to your investors and you know, getting that, getting the next round of funding and extending your runway. So. No, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm curious then if, say I have a startup and I've been around for a couple of years, all the stuff that you talked about is, you know, maybe I've raised some money yep. and or have some customers. Can I still come into the Google Cloud ecosystem that we're talking about and get some help? Yes, yeah, so if, so the, the perfect example, right? You do that, you're at your napkin idea, you join when you're just pre-funding, get set up with credits. You go and you you raise your fantastic Series A, right? Sure. Um, and uh, that's the point when you're going to be joining a, call our, you know, our, our core cloud program, the Go for Startups cloud program. And so that's then going to set you up with, we actually will fully cover your cloud costs up, up to $100,000, but you know really want to fully cover those cloud costs for the first year that you join that program. Well, that's and awesome. We would, yeah, I mean, we would, we would, and that is really there to try and enable you to experiment, right? Like that. We'll say that's a that's a great number. It's a shiny number. Yeah. <laughs> the extreme vast majority of startups don't come anywhere close to spending a hundred thousand dollars in you know a, a year at, at this stage of their life cycle. But it's right. there to give you the freedom, right? And say like I don't have to worry about it for a year. Can I just go and and build? And I don't have to worry as much about say am I using exactly the right services? Am I perfectly optimized my environment? Um, I will say. In that first year, then it comes in the end. You want to make sure you're doing that. You want to make sure you're setting yourself up for success um, over the longer run. Um, but uh, you, you, we don't want you to have to worry just for that 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 first year. You're really getting into it. Like 
try these things out, experiment it, figure out what's works for you, figure out what's helping you scale. Um, and then in the second year, we'll cover 20% of your cloud costs. Wow. Also up to 100,000 in total benefit, but you know, someone spending theoretically $500,000 on, on cloud in their second year, 100,000 of that is, is, is gonna be covered. And again, that would be an extreme success story. That is someone who has a huge you know, computational footprint um, and they are growing extremely rapidly. Um, trying to, again, make sure you have that chance to experiment, that chance to try things out and, and grow over a slightly longer period of time. And so if you, I mean, you stack this all up, you, you perfectly optimize it. I've got two years in our pre-funding program. I've got two years in the cloud program. I've got four years of financial support here, um, you know, along the way, along the startup journey. So, um, and then as part of the cloud program, you're going to get you get benefits for Google Workspace. You get benefits uh, and access into overall startup school. Um, you're starting to get if you're if you're say building a, a B2B business, you know you've got an ISV or enterprise software business. Um, you're going to be landing on the radar of our partner teams, uh, the Google Cloud Marketplace. A lot of the ways we can help support um, you know customer development is, is starting to come in during that time as well. Okay, so do you and your team then help potentially get customers? and or venture funding? Because I know obviously Google has a ton of customers and I get that like sometimes you can maybe integrate, sometimes you can't. And I know Google has a bunch of venture arms too. Like, do you guys help with some of that if necessary or or where, how does that play in or not play in? Yeah, absolutely. We can absolutely help navigate that. Um, we, my, my team, we don't, we don't operate that to, you know, ourselves. Um, you know, it, right. it, it obviously makes sense to take advantage of the the decades of experience that that Google has around around doing investment, we are very familiar with those those roots, and that's a key part of it. And that's everything from you know Google for startups, the Google for startups team, uh, again the sort of you know cross cross Google team. They run a really robust set of accelerators um, on on a regular basis around particular challenges, and it just wrapped up around climate change. Hey, if you're building something to try and address sustainability, um, run a startup, uh, run an accelerator around that. Um, I'll take a quick step back. Something that you know, I, 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 you know, skimmed over a little bit. But you know, in terms of one of the things that really drew me here as well, um, I really respected that that Google's made it really a core part of of how we operate to try and do more to to level the playing field overall for entrepreneurs. Try and do more for diverse founders and the investors um, supporting them. And so there's a lot of opportunity to try and build some some things that are a little more unique for startups. Um, we've been building. Uh, sorry, bringing this same level of support, so access to our, you know, our success team, access to our, our cloud engineers, um, to the Black Founders Fund, the Google Startups Black Founders Fund, uh, the Latin Founders Fund. Um, we just announced, uh, you know, we're, we're making not only some of this cloud support, but direct equity-free grants into, uh, you know, startups in Ukraine via our Ukraine Support Fund. Yeah. Um, th these things really matter. <laughs> these folks like you're actually having a real impact on hopefully not only building the next unicorn business but actually really trying to meaningfully change what what the, the startup ecosystem looks like and um and so our, again coming back to it a bit our success team like we're very well versed on where those opportunities exist um across you know the alphabet family who might be interesting um you know interesting potentials for those each of those programs and you know, when GB is making investment or Capital G is making investment, they've got their own theses, their own view of what they're looking for. Right. But we collaborate super closely with those teams, you know, meet with them on a very regular basis of what are, what are we seeing? What's interesting? How could we potentially um, bring you interesting customers that we see and that, that we think should be on your should be on your radar? So um, that's I will hugely say, valuable like yeah. from, from somebody that's been in the startup game a long time. Even if you can just make a warm intro to like somebody else at Google to say like, hey, you should at least have a call and maybe there's something here, right? Like just sending something, a simple email like that is astronomically valuable. Yes. Yep. And we want to do that. I mean, again, there's only so much that we can do ourselves, even across the Alphabet organization, right? And so, right. Um, you know, a, a part of my team um, spends their entire day out in front of VCs, spending time with them. Yeah. Try, we want to be, we want to have the relationships with the investors as much as we do with the startups. And, and we want to understand like I am, well, in the end of the day, I think that startups that select Google Cloud are 
disproportionately more likely to be successful. They have a better platform to build off of. That's not, that's not my, that's not my, where I spend my time and money worrying about, Hey, how do I get you on the platform today and how to spend more? Like, what can we do to be successful? We got to do the same things for VCs. Like I would love hundred percent of your portfolio to be running on Google cloud, but I'm not going to sit in your office all day trying to say like, well, so-and-so should be on who's not right now. How do you help me with that? We want to be there. We want to be their trusted advisors. We want to bring them value, bring them expertise, bring them insights into Google, Google Cloud, how we're thinking, um, help their companies. I mean, I can't tell you in the, the time I'm doing this, how many times a, you know, a VC has come to me and say, hey, I just, I just came out of a board meeting. Um, you know, we're talking about you know, milestones and you know, the, the CTO is, is you know, talking about some of the, the difficulties they've had in, in setting up for the scale they're now operating on. Is there someone they can talk to? Can you put me in touch with a product manager? Can you put me in touch with like the engineer who builds this? That's what we want to do. We want to enable that as well. And so we have those relationships with the overall ecosystem as well. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's, I will say, I don't have a, I don't have a perfect map of how the you know, 2000 VCs that we work with every single one of their investment theses and the perfect next investment for them. Um, but we've got a sense of it. We've got those relationships. And we very much want to be able to, to bring some of those ideas to, to the broader broader world as well. Yeah. Very cool. Well, and I guess just maybe for some context, I just and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, is obviously like React is a popular language that people use that you I would assume that you guys could host on Google Cloud, but isn't developed by Google Cloud. Is that a fair point? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. But the reality is, is somebody might use Firebase, which is a Google product that I got a, yep. you guys bought a number of years ago to do user management across your web app and your Android and iOS app. Yep. Correct? Correct. And then, or, but instead of React, you could use Flutter because you can compile for the web, Android, and iOS and you have one code base, I get React, you can have React and React Native. But like, so I guess the point I'm trying to get at is you can use Google services from Google Cloud like Firebase with yep. React, which is not a Google language or with a Google language. And you can kind of mix and match a little bit. And that's one of, one of the things that I think personally, just as doing this a number of times is Google's real strong suit is, Google does a very good job at supporting cross-platform and from the web to kind of obviously both mobile OSs and, and kind of beyond, you know, even, yep. yeah. So um, I, I think people need to think about using you guys kind of like that, that you can use all of it, parts of it, and it might be a bit of both at some point, right? I can go and I can spool up Google Compute Engine instances, right? I can just get essentially a, a, a fair, fairly raw Linux instance, and I can do whatever I want on right. top of that. Um, or I can go very much the managed route, very much the existing framework route. And, and, and you know, I will say, like, you see, you know, that, that flexibility a lot, like, change a lot of very mixed environments. Like, I, I think about a, um, you know, let's say you're building, B2B software, enterprise software. You may be having to, uh, and you have a, a small handful of customers that you want to really support really deeply and integrate as close into their environment and how they operate as possible. Right. Um, you may be setting up individual clusters in your overall infrastructure that are optimized for that particular customer and their environment, their development for it. Now that would be expensive, right? That'd be heavy. Yeah. You have to really say like, that is something that I am, I am ready and willing to take on and do. Um, but I mean, I was just leaning back a little bit. So my experience, like the, the, the company Causada I was at, um, in London, like we were effectively doing that. We had a handful of customers. They were very major global businesses, but, um, you know, and, and we went and talked to a you know, major auto OEM. They're effectively like, Hey, this, this is the way we do things, right? These are the, these are the frameworks we use, the APIs we use kind of take it or leave it. Right. And so you have to, you have that flexibility, you know, as and when it, it, um, you know, is needed. No, that, that makes total sense. The other thing that I think is probably worth mentioning, just because I've personally had this experience as well, is I'm doing some stuff in some no-code platforms mm -hmm. and then leveraging um, Firebase as well. So you can leverage 
like Google's platforms for basically whatever languages you're using or not even really a language. I get no code writes his own code, but like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you don't, it doesn't always have to be a, a language. You can use no code with your infrastructure. Yeah. I'm sure you have a ton of people using that. We've got, I mean, you can go, you can go like pure, pure no code. And, and that's on like, on the like, very common starting point for, you know, your, your napkin idea, right? Like what's yeah. the fastest way I can get something? I don't even have to worry about it. I want to, I want to put an MVP of this in front of customers this week, right? Like yeah. how quickly can I make that happen and validate my onto something? Um, you know, I will say one of the things I am, I'm excited about is um, the, the potential overall move to very serverless environments, right? right. And so um, I want to write in Python. I want to write in Node. I want to write .NET because that's what my audio OEM like, you know, is using. Sure. I can write in that and then I can, again, set, set some of those framework. What type of infrastructure do I want? Like, how fast do I need it to go? Um, give me sort of the, the parameters that, that I want to operate in that will also, um, uh, uh, you know, help me keep, say, my, my scale and all my costs under control. Um, drop my code in there. Here's how I call it. We will spool up the infrastructure to, uh, to, to, you know, as and when you call it and as and when it's needed. And as soon as that code is done running, spool it down again. Um, we build, we build that, I think I uh, build in your 100, 100 millisecond in billion increments. So, you know, you are, you need something for on the order of a few milliseconds, like do that, turn it on, shut it down. There's a, there's a, like I pretend, and, th and there's some great opportunities to that, that obviously it's, it's a bit of a new way to think about architecture and developing that, that folks are building on and adapting to, but we see a lot like. The exciting thing about startups for, for me is that every single day there are hundreds if not thousands of startups being created around the world and every single one of them are making a new architecture decision. And you know, a lot of them are considered like, hey, what's the, what's the best practice? What's the cutting edge right now? I'm not beholden by any legacy, uh, you know, legacy code base that, that I need to work with. Um, maybe I do want to go fully serverless and, and, and see how that works for me. And I, I think you're going to see a lot of shifts of how people are building, um, you know, over over the coming years. No, that that makes a lot of sense. So, I, I think it's a good time to talk about where do you see the startup ecosystem today and maybe long term? Because if you read the news, it's pretty doom and gloom. I, I don't think it's that bad. But what are your thoughts, or what do you see? <sighs> There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of nervousness right now, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, I will say from my perspective, honestly, it feels, feels very similar to the, you know, 2007, 2008 financial crisis. Um, you know, that, that was, I, I founded my company in, in 2007. I had the, the Sequoia RIP deck being forwarded to me on a, on a daily basis at that time. Um, and it, you know, it, 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 it did not feel good. Um, I don't want to trivialize it. I don't want to make it seem like it's not going to be painful, like it's not going to be hard. But I will say, you know, people people adapt also. The sort of you know, you you can you can adapt your mentality environment you're in like fairly quickly. Um, and I actually believe these these moments, these these points in time, are actually, um, but not only in the grand scheme of that, you know, say six and a half years of, of the, the time to exit of a startup, you know, they're, they're a piece of it, their point of it. Um, they're also a, a, you know, fairly intense crucible that can really help you position your business for better, longer term success. Um, you know, there are, there are hard decisions that I know founders are, and we see our customers having to make now about, you know, it is, it is painful to have to let a chunk of your team go, right? That is always, and it should be, it should be. Um, like that is, that is the stuff that really matters in impacting someone's life. Um, but those hard decisions, you know, are they the ones that if I can operate more leanly, if I can operate more efficiently, if I operate more quickly, how is that going to help me be successful as a business over the long run and expose the ways where I need to strengthen my processes, strengthen my product, strengthen my team in a way that maybe when things were just a little bit easier, uh, just wasn't there. And then it doesn't get exposed, doesn't show up until it's, re until it's really painful uh, to, to, to make that change. And so, um, you know, I think that uh, 
you know, the, these, obviously these cycles, they will, they will come and go. Um, I think you see there were, there were tons of startup poster child customers that, you know, emerged in, in 2008, 2007, 2008 crisis that, um, you know, that some of the recent, like, um, did some work on one of our major customers, Mixpanel, um, Dialpad, OpenX, all these folks were founded right, right in the heart of like a lot of this, this crisis going on. And they've gone and become incredibly successful. You can find the ways to, to navigate through this right now and honestly take advantage of some of those, the opportunities that exist, um, then I think that there is still that fantastic opportunity for success. And, and I would actually argue where the ecosystem is now, there's a lot of things that have shifted and changed, but actually much easier to start a startup. And, and um, yeah, so, yeah. Well, and I think, but just to your point is, it's the time now to reach out to, you know, the Google Cloud startup program and, and try to get some credits, right? Whether I've been around for a while or I've been, you know, I'm just starting out. And yep. if I can build something as quick, as fast as possible and, and leverage, you know, what something like Google Cloud to help me do that to get through the next few years. And if I'm pretty lean about it, I like I might be able to come out the other side with a pretty good business, right? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I will like talk to us about cost optimization, right? I mean, you can yeah. go on hack you can talk you on hacker news. Like probably once a week there's a great story that someone puts out like, hey, how did I save X thousand, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars by by making this one shift in my architecture, right? Like I, I spent some time, I figured out how I could optimize and it saved me a huge amount of money. When it was, when I could get a, you know, a $50 million series A check pretty readily, maybe I didn't worry about that too much, yeah. right? Um, you know, it, it just, it was easy. But so there's a little bit of a different shift, a little bit of a different mentality to think about now, but those opportunities still exist. I, I guarantee you that the vast majority of startups can, be much more cost efficient than they probably currently are being. And, and like we've got the, we've got the teams, we've got the experts to be able to help with that. So, um, you know, those folks who jump through that, um, I will say, I mean, it coming back, isn't big about like why I think it's interesting, um, as well, uh, right now is that, um, you know, I think that certainly probably a decade ago, we're, it's never, it's never going to be easy to work with a very large enterprise customer, large enterprise partner. They have right. big organizations, big stakeholders, complex processes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I do see larger enterprises getting a lot better at how to do innovation internally and how they want to bring innovation into their businesses. Um, now that, always, that makes it harder for some startups in some ways, right? Like you can't, maybe you can't innovate as fast when, um, if you're in a fintech startup, by the financial services, I think, I think ample area for still development and disruption. But if you actually see the major banks legitimately interested in trying to push forward some of the new customer experiences, that does make it a little bit harder. But it also makes them easier and more interested in working with startups, right? And it makes them totally. having, you know, they want to stand up their own innovation and startup ecosystem engagement group, those channels and opportunities exist. Um, I think they're looking and I see it, we see in our large enterprise customers, um, hungry for how can we work better with the startup community? And those folks who are setting themselves up for success over the next decade, those opportunities exist. And, and, and those are the opportunities that are can, can continue to be there. Um, you know, I imagine for the, the very, very long foreseeable future. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I also think, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is some of the older, less sexier industries are totally ripe for technology and startup ideas and new ideas to move in. And yep. what I mean by those industries is like accounting, legal, most, a lot of kind of like more maybe blue collar type industries they're just crying for technology right now. And yeah. sure, maybe like you don't want to build a app for an accountant or something, but you could build a really good business if you can build, you know, cut out a little niche in, in that market or one of the other markets, right? Yeah. One of the, one of the, the some of the most, I've said most interesting to me and some of the things some of the most fun, uh, you know, startups uh, are those that are looking at a, a, a space that just didn't, move as quickly as possible to trying to bring some of 
innovation a whole variety of forms to their customer innovation around customer experience innovation around product innovation around pricing um, innovation just like internal processes how quickly can you move um you know we've, we've obviously seen that right like i was going like last five years in particular uh, maybe in a decade really it's it's really been that um so many great companies have been formed that are just trying to bring a technology enabled approach to a particular business space and some of those, as you said, they're, they are incredibly niche, um, but some of those are the most, those are the most interesting and most exciting, most successful ones. So, um, and I think that while certainly the, the trend is that way, certainly we see more startups be successful in that way, a huge number of those opportunities still exist. Um, you know, they're every single day, we're still looking at, hey, where's, where's a particular space that just hasn't gotten there yet? And it needs a potentially, you know, fresh start new company to think about if I was going to build this from the ground up from a customer experience perspective, uh, you know, from a product perspective, from a delivery perspective, um, bringing that overall attitude to whatever business area it is, um, you know, I think will be continue to be a really ripe opportunity for startups. No, 100% agree. And I, I think, well, I, I guess, do you have any advice for anybody listening that maybe hasn't thought of that idea yet and how they could maybe come up with that idea because you've been on multiple sides of, of this problem. Yeah. The thing I would say is, um, this is not especially novel. I'm sure. I'm not the first person <laughs> in your 500 plus episodes that has said something very similar, but, uh, you know, take a look at what pain you're experiencing in your your day-to-day -day. what irks you right like what what are you not able to find um and whether that's as a as a person as a consumer you know consumer product that you may want to go after you know is there a particular store or you know or retail outlet that you're just not having a great experience with that you can't find go and look at that are you someone who is you know fr frustrated in your job day-to-day -day? you don't have the right tools to do your job that you think hey, hey if this existed maybe my company would use it i'm sure or make my life easier um take a look at those those pain points and those are often the most um the the, the places where there is that ripe opportunity to to look into it um and also to, to build businesses and then also to bring that direct connection to it you know your own passion and enthusiasm for it right i mean it's you know this, this startup success rates they're still incredibly small as it gets easier to build startups Yes, it's easier to find capital in ways, but like it's still incredibly difficult to build a very successful startup. You you can't just be in it because you think there's oh this was this was a cool opportunity right now. You're gonna face you're gonna face incredibly hard hurdles, really tough decisions, painful decisions along the way, painful prioritizations of what you want to do and don't do. And what gets you through that is when you have the actual underlying passion for what you're doing. You've experienced that that pain yourself. And so and that's why I said, like, just you know, come back. What are you experiencing now? What irks you? What has irked you maybe for a period of time um, yeah. that, uh, um, that, you know, you feel like, hey, I actually really want to solve this problem and make the world better because of it. So, um, and, and I'll say the, the, the next step of that, though, is also do your research, right? Because I will say there are so many, there are, there, when there is an idea, there is a space, you're probably not the only one thinking about it. Now that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Like it, you know, there's there's ample room for competition in particular areas. But um, you know, be thoughtful about how you're really going to solve this better than anyone else that might be out there right now. Maybe it's totally greenfield. Maybe there's no one there, and fantastic, have that. Like go, go, and go fast. Um, but uh, um, you know, just do your research well about what you're what you're getting into as well. Sure. Well, and I also think just even asking your family and friends the same questions. Yeah. About is there a pain point? It's like I've come up with lots of ideas just by talking to other people, right? About it. I've also come up with lots of ideas that I've talked to the people about, and they're like, that's a terrible idea, yeah, right? Yeah, I just, and I was like, but I, I guarantee this is it. This is the one. I feel so good about it. And and when but when 10 people tell you, like, start asking some really good questions, you're like, huh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't. So yeah. yeah. But it's a hell of a lot better to get uh yes. those answers before any line of code is written than when yeah. you spend six months or a year working on something and i don't say just talking about kind of the current environment one of the things as well like one of the things i've been i've talked to entrepreneurs all day long one of the things we're hearing as well is that um 
you know, this is this is a particularly difficult time if you're if you're a Series B, Series C, Series D startup. You maybe had incredibly high valuations. You've raised a lot of money. You've hired a lot of people, and it, it's a little bit uh, it, very difficult to to pivot. And, and you maybe have to make some hard decisions around: Am I willing to do a flat round or a down round to be able to keep going? At the earlier stage, I mean, these are the, these are the investors have got to be thinking across that you know six seven year timeline, right? They're thinking like, yes, this is this is. This is not great right now, but I've also got to be thinking long-term on this. Yeah. Those investors are still investing. They're asking harder questions, right? And then that, as, as a founder, these, these, these questions, the questions I had to answer now, they're, they're a hell of a lot harder than what I had to answer, like in my last startup two years ago, right? Um, but if you, if, you can get, if you can get those answers, you're just going to be in such a better place. Um, and you can answer them well and, and convince the others to come along with you, whether it's your, your back or way. you're in such a better place for the future. Oh, 100%. Well, and the other thing too is maybe you don't need to raise money right now. Maybe you can bootstrap it a little Very bit longer yep. or you could maybe like do some contract work or some, you know, consulting work part-time to to like get your startup along a little further. Like there's so many ways that you can do this to kind of keep it going, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like we it's one of the reasons we we definitely wanted to get our, our you know our core offering for the bootstrap start, startups off, out there and, and visible, particularly in this in this environment, which is that a we think there's still a huge amount of opportunity to get started right now. Um, it might be tougher to raise. You might have to be creative. You might have to figure out how I can sell an an, an interim product or sell something to my customers. You know, uh, to get through this current time period um, may not be exactly where I want to go, and you're gonna have to make some hard prioritization decisions. But um, you know do that get through this point um a little bit more on your own and then you're then you're in the the luxury position of having the vcs knock on your door say hey i really like to yeah. give you money and you're like i don't know if i need it so yeah well 100 but sadly we're out of time so how about we close with mentioning where people can get more information about google cloud any other links you want to mention and uh yeah let's close out the show like that yeah uh cloud.google.com startup Stick it, you know, stick Google, Google Cloud for startups into uh, into the into Google, and uh, you will find it that way. Um, there's all the information on how to get started. Simple form to fill out. Give us, you know, give us your domain. What are you up to? What are you trying to achieve? And you'll be connected into our teams. Perfect, Ryan. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day. Awesome. It was a great conversation. Great to meet you, Kevin. You as well. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.